0: Good morning good afternoon or good evening and welcome to the net show i'm alex and joining me as always from the other side of the country it's still bright and shiny there that's wonderful to have that three hour advantage It is pitch black here in a beautiful kang sweatshirt how you doing do you- oh, that. spread I, I
1: ordered this this summer but i saved it for this special occasion we're previewing the pacific division and what could be more Kangs than the Kangs? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Also joining us from California, and oh God, gotta be his fifth or sixth time now on the show. We love having him back. You might know him as Drew, you might know him as Whale. sometimes I call him Drail. It's you know a rich tapestry of options
2: that you have. How you doing, Drew? I'm well, I'm well. Great to be with you guys, excited for the start of the NBA season. I'm really just kind of cracking into my my preparation here, Um, the disruption to the schedule has me completely out of sorts in terms of how I would normally be approaching the season. So I'm probably a little behind the eight eight ball, but uh, excited to talk nonetheless.
0: It'll be a lot of fun. We're going to break down the Pacific Division, one of the best divisions probably in the NBA. We've got the Lakers, we've got the Clippers, the Suns, the Kings, naturally, and the Golden State Warriors. We will start with last year's champion, last year's first place finisher in the division, which I think all of us at some point had a little piece of or something like that. The Lakers of Los Angeles, they come back in what I think is a better team. You know, They're able to add Schroeder. They're able to add Marcus Soule, a couple other guys. I'll start with you, Spread. What do you think of the Lakers? I know that you're a big Lakers fan.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. As all team fans are. No, I mean, you got to give this team credit for, for upgrading on a championship team, right? Um, I think Harold helps a lot if he can get back to his old form. Um, I'm going to go ahead and discount Um, the form that we saw in the NBA bubble with Harrell. And if he can be the player that he was during the regular season, that's such a huge upgrade. With Gasol, you get so much more defensively. He can hit the three for the stretching the floor uh, for the other guys. And he's just a solid veteran. Um, Dennis Schrader, of course, is going to help them in those Rondo minutes, which is basically score, give up points, keep the team in the game while LeBron and Davis are resting. And then I think the underrated pickup here is Wesley Matthews, who was quite a solid three and D guy for... Uh, Milwaukee last year. I mean, I think he's just a vet who knows his role. He's going to give you solid defensive minutes, and he can hit the three. He's a player that I think could close uh, the end of the game, right? I'm a little worried about Schrader closing the end of the game. Um, Harrell maybe could close, maybe a little worried about Gasol, but not Wesley Matthews. I think he can be the end there in the final uh, five, two. So I do like the upgrades that this team made.
0: But well, Wesley Matthews does have the appeal of not being Danny Green. Um, one of the nice things for Lakers fans this year, they won't have to watch him in the quarter clanking threes. What did you think of the Lakers' summer whale? What are your expectations this season? Should we all be jumping in to uh, back them to win the championship again?
2: Well, their summer was pretty spectacular. Um, that was uh, quite a run in the playoffs. Uh, what, they lose one game in each round of the playoffs? sounds right. That, you know, overall, that was really impressive and to do it on the fly, you know, to come to bring two superstars, Anthony Davis and and LeBron James together uh, on the fly and uh, beat the rest of the league in that very unusual setting is was pretty spectacular. I thought very impressive. And I completely agree with the sentiment that uh, spread laid out there that you've been hinting at, which is their offseason was very positive. Uh, They upgraded a lot of places. And realistically, it's tough to look at this team and short of some bizarro, catastrophic injury to the likes of Anthony Davis or, um, you know, I guess LeBron doesn't really get hurt except for the groin a couple years ago. But, you know, short of some weird, fluky injury, I am not sure why you would really look past them uh, in the futures market for the title um, because there's just no other team that matches up even close. For these guys, and they've gotten better. Another year of chemistry building between these, you know, the the major components of this team, and um, yeah, the the Wesley Matthews flew under the news flew under the radar for sure. He is a great defensive piece, fills an immediate hole, um, and yeah, I think overall, I, I, it's tough to really point to a weakness on this team. Um, and you know, I've heard a little bit of uh, sentiment that you know they're probably going to coast out of the gate it's not there's not a lot for them to prove in terms of um you know winning early and often here uh, i don't think seeding is going to be especially important in the western conference although um you know i mean you know the, the, there were a couple of years ago where you know the lebron went in as the four seed five seed uh, in the east and raced his way to the finals so uh his mindset might not necessarily be hey we need to you know Go balls to the wall for um, you know, five, five, six months here. Um, which uh I think, you know, that 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 angle has a little bit of merit to me. I think you could see them uh, you know, start a little bit slow potentially or you know have some stretches in the first half of the season where it's not looking like championship basketball. Um, but it also is tough for me to say that there's a team that can beat them four out of seven, come playoff time.
1: And we'll see if that mindset that you're talking about with LeBron uh, mixes with what Vogel wants to do. Because Vogel's spoke last year and in the offseason this year about wanting to dominate the whole season. And there was times, and I think that our, our buddy H.J. was upset, you know, betting those live unders, thinking that they'd be up by 20 and they pulled their starters and they didn't. Um, he's definitely into, into dominating, so... Will there be a clash there? You know, we expected that last year. We kind of laughed. We thought Dwight Howard was going to ruin everything, and-, and Jason Kidd was going to pull the Brutus on uh, on Vogel, and that didn't happen. So we'll see how, uh, yeah. whose mindset ends up winning here and how this team approaches it. I'm really not sure which way it's going to go. Yeah, I, you know,
0: circling back to you know, kind of what Drew was talking about. One of the reasons that I am careful to avoid them from a regular season win total perspective and win percentage perspective is I think that we will see LeBron come out, play the opener, play on Christmas because those are important games, and then there might be rest. I think there's going to be a lot of winding them down. I think one of the reasons they focused on making those additions, they're now 10 deep. I mean, you look at a starting five of probably LeBron, Schroeder. KCP, Davis, and Marcus which leaves you Caruso, Wesley Matthews, Kuzma, Markeith Morris, and Montrezl Harrell on the bench. That's 10 really solid guys, and I think that they'll have a chance you know, to give guys rest and play guys less minutes this year. So as you start to look at the market for win totals, I'm seeing the win total number right around 47.5, maybe a 47 floating around there somewhere. And if you have a win percentage line, I'm seeing that at 66.5%, which correlates to 47.9, so pretty close to both um spread what do you think are you playing an over and under there
1: yeah i think in the end that uh they see what happened when you just uh go on the gas all year Um, the Clippers were obviously the cautionary tale of doing it the other way. Um, Vogel proved that his mindset works. So other than LeBron actually telling him, I need, you know, these maintenance days, I don't see any reason why we're not going to see a lot of minutes in the game that he does play. Uh, Obviously, Anthony Davis has had problems with injuries, but you know, it's it's funny. He got a lot tougher once he moved to LA, you know, it seemed like a lot of those (laughs) heading to the locker rooms would have put him out of the game in New Orleans. And then he's back out in two or three minutes. Uh, on Los Angeles. so it's weird how, how the sun and, and fun uh, that, that Wales community provides really just up the toughness for Davis. but uh, overall I'm going over here um, you know I think it's the best best team in the league and they proved it last year and I think that they are going to try hard for majority of the regular season.
0: Because you look at last year, they had a 73% win percentage in the regular season. That ups to 77.8% if you back out the bubble numbers. Now, their Pythag was only about 67%, so it seems like they won a lot of close games and had a little better record than maybe they should have. But, you know, at 67%, you're still well above what you need here to get the over. Again, I have my hesitations because I wonder what the lineups are going to look like night tonight. What do you think, Drew?
2: Yeah, I mean, the. I guess – I, don't, I, I like the way that they have built their depth, though. I mean, your point is, is super valid, but the fact that you have a second shot creator in, uh, you know, second ball handler in, Schro- in Schroeder is huge. Um, you know, you couldn't really rely on uh, Rondo to stay healthy throughout the regular season last year. Schroeder should be fine. Uh, you know, he's, he's not a guy that I especially look at and think, well, he could be out for long stretches. Um, and, you know, really that's the important part because you can alternate, you know, rest days for Anthony Davis and LeBron James in a way where you're still the best team, uh, you know, against more than half the league with just one of those two guys. (laughs) So um, I, you know, looking at 47 and a half, that's the equivalent of what a 54 win team in an 82 game season. Yeah. Something like that. So if this was a normal year, we'd see a 54. Um, I would guess that we're going to see a schedule this year that takes some of the, Um, demands of travel away a little bit just based on how they sequence things uh, and trying to keep um, you know keep travel concentrated on team schedules Um, so I think there's going to be a little bit more stratification this year than normal years without a full off season to develop young guys get you know get rookies integrated um, my underlying opinion is the haves and the have-nots are going to be even greater separation this year than a normal year um, so I think the likelihood that they drop surprise games to the, you know, the bottom feeders of the East Coast or something like that is is pretty close to zero. Um, so I don't mind having an over even with this high number.
0: Looking at some of the other numbers, they're minus 140 to win the division. Again, you've got the Clippers, Warriors, Suns and Kings. The market pretty much has it a two way race. Lakers minus 140, Clippers plus 125. Everybody else 18 to one or or, or better. Is that number a little compelling to either one of you guys? Again, minus one forty to win the division.
2: <sighs> yeah, for me, no, the that's same, Too much juice. Yeah, that, that's exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's, is it a fair price? Yes. Is it maybe even a little value to the the player? Um, but I'm not interested in locking down one forty for a full season. Um, you know, even if there's a small EV there.
0: It's tough betting, Lakers. You look at some of the other numbers, I'm seeing plus 270 to win the championship, plus 140 to win the Western Conference. I like the championship number maybe a little bit better. It looks like, again, that difference between plus 140, plus 270 would imply they're about minus 200 in the finals. I wonder if they'll be even deeper than that. Um, either of those numbers stick out to you guys. They, they feel correct to me.
2: Yeah, they were longer. I mean, I I, I, would, I had hoped that you would we would see the Harden to – Brooklyn trade and maybe this would drift out a little bit back to three to one ish. I got some three to one not long after uh, the season was wrapped. Just thinking, well, if they were this good on one year, then year two could be even better. Um, so, I think there was there is value in the Lakers again. Kind of the postulating hypothesis of January might be slow for this squad, uh, and then you know you could, they could be five hundred team uh, around say, Groundhog Day. Uh, and at that point, uh, are you going to get better than plus 220? Almost certainly, right? Uh, and so there's a realistic possibility. You, know, you, pr- you probably, um, there's a better than 50% chance, in my opinion, that uh, you're going to get a, a more favorable number than plus 220 at some point between now and uh, when the finals are contested.
0: That's what I'm thinking. If you wait a little bit, if they do start slow, that number could drift out to plus 300 even get a little better than that. So that's kind of what I'm thinking. Any other thoughts on you spread on the Lakers or any of those markets?
1: No, I think this is one of the most doubted markets, obviously very popular team. Um, They too take public money. So if you're high on them like we are, um, I mean, even the average Joe is so I don't think there's a lot of edge to be found with this team.
0: All right, gentlemen, anything else on the Lakers before we jump to the other locker room at the Staples Center?
1: No, because I, I can't wait to talk about this one. So, <laughs> The Los Angeles Clippers
0: off a season of great disappointment of 3-1 with a huge lead in the late third quarter against the Denver Nuggets. Not that anybody here had a lot invested on them or you know, really had um, a lot of commitments at that point, but the season <laughs> falls apart. There's been a lot of reports about uh, favoritism in the locker room where the Stars are getting better treatment and they're causing trouble and we're getting a lot of reports from that. Doc Rivers is out. Tyron Lue is in, and they did make a couple offseason additions that I liked. You know, they basically swap out um, you know Landry Shamit and Mo Harkless for Luke Kennard, and swap out um, Montrezl Harrell for Serge Ibaka. Um, you know, Harrell was great, won the 6 Man Award last year, fantastic regular season player, but I think. When you get to the playoffs, Habaka is going to make a real difference on this team. What he brings defensively, the additional shooting that he actually has, he's developed into a nice little three-point shooter. So I like some of the changes they've made, but you have roughly, largely the same team coming off a rough year. Um, we'll start with you this time, Drew. Uh, what do you think about the Clippers?
2: Drew's on mute. Sorry about there that. There we
0: go. That's okay.
2: I'm. Uh, I'm out. On everything about this team, from the body language, the quotes, the chemistry issues, the new hire of the head coach, I can't believe uh, how much uh, my opinion has changed from uh, in just a couple of months. Uh, it doesn't seem like their vision for what they want to do in terms of team building makes a ton of sense. It doesn't seem like Kawhi has the same focus and vision that he had in San Antonio or Toronto. Uh, And the Paul George cancer issue is real. And I don't know what you do with that. Uh, It seems like his team doesn't really have a strong feeling or strong will to repair this issue and get better. And if you have such an important component of your overall, you know, your overall team, uh, that's, you know, that's this big of a problem. Uh, It's very hard for me to see how you get through the tough times of the regular season, let alone, um, you know, some very difficult playoff series. They were obviously the biggest disappointment. uh, and I don't think it was close. Actually, maybe Milwaukee. Milwaukee losing to the Heat the way they did was the biggest disappointment of the playoffs. Um, But the... uh, the Clippers blowing a three-1 lead to the nuggets was the second most disappointing, And uh, it's not easy for me to see that the moves that they've made uh, are going to do a lot to, um, you know, to move this team forward. And um, yeah, I think uh, you know, I think last year was kind of their chance to really make their mark, and they missed.
0: Yeah, last year did seem to be a really good year. It is a funky roster. When you start to look, they really only have three guards, Beverly, Reggie Jackson, and Lou Williams. Nobody else on the team is really a guard. That it's a bunch of wings. You have Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, like I said, Luke Kennard. You have Marcus Moore Sr., Nicholas Batum. Your two big guys are basically Ibaka and you know, I-, I wonder what the Ibaka – thing does he seems to be a a tough player and somebody that could be a really nice force in the locker room but it is tough it's tough to get behind a team that it really latestly just kind of a fart frankly at the end of the season I mean that was awful um and everything that you've read what do you think spread do you have any reason to be optimistic about the Clippers of Los Angeles
1: well, I was going to open up and ask, had you guys read the articles? But you obviously have because you guys read the same things that I did. What was going on in that locker room? So so just to recap for the people who didn't read, Kawhi's got his own private dressing room like the ultimate warrior back in the 80s. He's just refusing to talk to any of his teammates, right? Uh, Paul George is sitting there trying to rally the group up after you know shooting for 416 off the side of the backboard and is getting the collective eye rolls of the whole team like, what are you even talking about? Uh, Morris came in at the Offseason and started barking around trying to change things, and the rest of these guys are like, "Hey, we've been here for years." So the fact that Harold escaped this environment when I first read it, it was just so shocking to me. Then these these news comes out and it goes, "Okay, well, makes sense. The guy doesn't have to move, but he he goes to a team." where well, you say what you want about LeBron, but I mean, I don't see him making any of these mistakes um, that that Leonard did as far as being the number one leader of the team and. and the, overall kind of gist of it was that the team took on his kind of quiet, I don't care personality rather than becoming dogs. So this yeah, is a test good. for for Tyron Liu. This isn't an X's and O's issues. These guys aren't in the wrong scheme, right? They don't need to make adjustments even though it, Paul George made those weird comments uh, about Doc Rivers and Doc Rivers just pretty much backslapped him with his response. Um, it's can you get these guys to actually function as a team? I think that this is Ty Lu's chance to really cement himself as a great coach, because this is going to be what Phil Jackson used to do, right? Let's get these guys on the same page. Let's get them thinking about basketball, get them thinking about being better as players. So from a gambling perspective, I think this is like a great buy low opportunity where you're getting a team that's to me, like on paper, NBA 2K style, just as talented as the Lakers, right? But are these chemistry issues too much to overcome? And is Ty Lu the right guy to do it? I would say no, but I bet against Lou in the past, and you know he's done quite well as a coach. He seems to be quite popular with the players. Um, Suppose it was a lot tougher um, than I expected on LeBron when he was the coach there, and I think maybe you know it's because it, it was literally the best meme of all time was Ty Lue drawing up plays for the Clippers, and they showed the thought bubble of every single player thinking about Allen Iverson stepping over him. You know, so maybe that's why I just can't buy into Ty Lue as this tough-minded leader, but he's shown. He's shown he can do it, obviously, getting that victory. You know, one of the greatest upsets in finals history with LeBron. And, I mean, he's a great opportunity now. As of now, this seems to be a buy-low opportunity that I necessarily haven't gone to the store to take advantage of. But uh, this could be an undervalued team.
0: So when you look at some of the pricing, plus 650 I'm seeing to win the title, plus 280 to win the Western Conference, I think those numbers actually only get better. This is another team I'm going to wait and try to watch. I wonder if those odds to win the title drift out to like 9-1, to maybe even a little better than that. And then I might buy a little, because you're right, it's an incredibly talented team. I mean, LeBron and Anthony Davis are the best pairing in the league, but Paul George and Kawhi Leonard have a chance to be that second best pairing and compete with that. You know, look at the roster up and down. There's a lot of talent. I'm curious to see what Luke Kennard can actually do. I think that might be a sneaky ad because I think he might come off the bench, provide a lot of shooting, provide some more space on the floor, and I wonder if in some way he just kind of pisses everyone off a little bit because he's going to go in and kind of shake take things up, I think, if he's able to put up some points. It's, it's just an interesting – acquisition i think he fits really nicely on the team and he's gonna love having all the space and stuff to attack so i think they are notably better curious to see all the other stuff it's it's tough to bet him uh, drew i saw you smile on there a little bit what did you think about mr Kinnard? yeah uh,
2: right of their moves the canard one piqued my interest i was like oh yeah no actually that's that makes a ton of sense in terms of who else you have on this roster mm-hmm. and you know what their roles and responsibilities are um the opposite i felt the opposite about the ibaka move um I'm selling on my. I'm I'm a short seller on the Ibaka stock. I think he played up big time last year to get a contract, and I do not know if he has a repeat performance, especially if he's you know living the LA lifestyle and um, you know especially if the locker room goes sideways. You know, I mean, is he the guy that's going to you know lead his first year on the team uh, here, or is uh, you know is he going to check out once he realizes, holy smokes, what is going on around here? I got paid. I know. So
0: cool. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a that's a good point. He just finally got paid. He's an older player. I'm gonna cross my fingers and hope he continues to work hard. But like I said, I'm gonna wait. Saw a question in the comments from our buddy Steve at Ace Previews. You know, he was curious about what do you guys think about Paul George and his trade value? Does he actually have any value at this point? He has been rough to flat out awful in the playoffs. The few times that he's been, he has been a huge letdown. Spread like you said, there's been stories about him and his. Um, Temps' leadership going very poorly. At the end of the day, he's a very good basketball player, and I'm sure that you know they could get something back for him, but not nearly as much as they're giving away. Do either you have anything to add to that, or any thoughts on the Paul George trade value?
2: I've been super un- disappointed. I mean, I, I would have thought it was higher, but the the rumors and the the what they're getting back is just like wow. The market is this thin. I am. I'm shocked. I I mean, I honestly, it's it's his trade value is so low. I don't think they can realistically make a move. They need him to have like a couple of months where he's playing that, you know, all NBA level and then deal him because right now you're you know, you're going to get 50 cents on the dollar if that.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, their only hope to really get equal value for them is Harden comes out, starts pouting. They can't make the deal with the Knicks. They got, it's almost like the Westbrook wall all over again. You got two guys that aren't fitting in. Let's just swap them. Uh, But Wells' right, and they gave up so much to get him that the optics of getting rid of him is bad. So it's going to take a Harden style deal or some other blow up that, that we haven't. Um, anticipated yet, you know, that's completely surprising, like a big injury to another team where they decide to punt on the season. But yeah, I can't say, I, I think they run it back with this crew, and then uh they run the risk of losing both the guys at the end of the year. So um, very important year for the Clippers and not coming in on the best notes. But, uh, hey, if we saw Look at the way that we've changed right over the last two months. So obviously these things can change uh, because we were pretty high on them, obviously, until the Denver series. I was pretty confident they were going to win the title. Um, during the first round of the NBA playoffs, so things change fast, and uh you know the, a couple good wins. Like, what if they come out and blow the Lakers out by twenty points on on opening night? Right? I mean, does the narrative change a bit?
0: Probably for a few days. We'll see. It's is, the, is there continued success there? There is an overreaction factor for sure, but um, there'll definitely Let's be an article she, yeah. written by that. I will, it won't change my opinion. That's for sure.
2: Their regular season schedule does start out pretty soft. They got two preseason games against the Lakers against the Lakers, and then the opening night against the Lakers. Then they go the Denver-Dallas. Denver, so that first three, <laughs> that's a tough little first three. Denver, yeah. LA-Denver-Dallas. But they then should be amped up for that Minnesota Denver game, point, right? right? I mean, that has Actually, I take it been back.
1: written all over it.
2: I, honestly, I can see January third, 4th roll around and they're like 1-6. Oh, <laughs> this isn't crazy. <laughs> I'd I I'd mean, love to be in
1: the locker room then.
2: Where do they have an advantage matchup between at LA, at Denver, versus Dallas, versus Minnesota, versus Portland, at Utah, at Phoenix? that the versus Minnesota is the only slam dunk win in there. Every other one of those games is gonna be tooth and nail. Um coin flips like they could very easily be one. And I guess that's actually one in seven. <laughs> they could be one in seven. Uh, to start out here, they got a nasty schedule to start.
0: Well, their win wind total is pretty close to the Lakers, their win percentage 65 and a half percent, 1% behind the Lakers. The total depending on where you look actually, you know, it looks like it's 46 and a half just about everywhere. One game less than the Lakers. Um, what do we think? I mean, if they're going to have that rough of a start, it's going to be tough for them to have a win percentage, frankly, high enough to catch up on that number. Should we be looking at an under?
2: I mean, I would have said the Clippers are always a good candidate for an under anyway, because they tend to rest Kawhi a lot um, because he demands it. Uh, Although this year, I guess there's, are there rules in place? The NBA is uh, not going to allow. Fines for primetime games. Only for primetime games. They got yeah, a lot I of primetime games them. on their schedule too. Um, so yeah, I mean I, I guess on just on the rest angle, I guess I would lean under. Um, and in general, I think the market is higher on this team than I am by a long shot. I would take swings on four or five other Western conference teams before I would really get serious interest in the Clippers to win the West this year.
0: Yeah, it's it's one of those things, like I said, I, I want to wait and see if they start a couple of lets. If things start to look a little bit better and you start to hear reports that they're, you know, being nice to each other, that'll be good. And even if they do, you know, go one and five, one and six, you know, two and five, something like that to start the season, I'll still be interested. It's just so so much talent. But I think there's just a lot of variance in the outcome through their season. And I think we got to stay away from some of those totals. I don't know. How do you feel, Fred?
1: Yeah, I wouldn't play the under and I'll tell you why. This is a team that I think could hate itself or hate each other not have these same issues and and still roll through some of these regular season games. I know we're saying one and seven, but we look at home against Utah, probably at least four point favorites at home against Phoenix. They got to be, between three- to five-point favorites. Uh, I haven't, you know, exactly around my model, but that's my guess is where it's going to end up. Uh, this is a te- and then don't even get me started once I get to play the East. So this is a team that is going to be able to roll in the regular season. I think that a lot of these issues that uh, we're discussing and that came to light now, these are playoff issues, not regular season issues. So I still think they're going to be a pretty good team in the regular season. Um, you know, I think the only way they, they that's a slam dunk under is if uh, Leonard ends up missing significant amount of time. Um, but other than that, I still believe in this team in the regular season, but I don't think I'm going to have any kind of futures on them at all. Um, unless like you say, they just roll out to those, maybe those ridiculous levels that we got in that last
0: year. Yeah. I thought I just had, what do you guys think their floor is? What is the worst case scenario for this Clippers team? I mean, is there a world in which this kind of all just falls apart? Tyron Luke comes in tries to push Kawhi to, you know, be in the same locker room as the team and be part of that and, you know, tries to get Paul George and build them up and adjust all falls apart, somebody gets hurt, and just in an absolutely insane Western Conference, they drop down to the seventh spot, don't give a crap, get blown out, and like the play in game is. You know, what are you guys thinking in terms of your yeah. range? I see you smiling, Fred. I've never seen you have like a wry smile like that. What well, it's
1: because Andy <laughs> said I agree with Henry Rollins in the chat. <laughs>
2: <laughs> ah, yes, that's true. Henry Rollins. Uh, I'm going to say the floor is a lot lower than you just laid out. Honestly, what you just laid out to me is closer to my median expectation for this team. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, my floor is they start 1-7, and seven. Uh, They all tune out Ty Lue because there's not a lot of respect for him in NBA locker rooms, and Kawhi Leonard decides he has a quad injury flare-up, and he's going to need some time off, and time off turns into 2021. He's sitting on the bench, or sitting in the locker room, doing his rehab, not playing. And at this point, it's okay. Let's showcase Paul George to get as much possible trade value as we can. And, you know, it turns into, you know, planning for the future. I mean, it could go real sideways because the top of the Western conference is tough. You have the Lakers at a clear tier on by themselves. And then the next tier there are like six, seven teams that are all going to be tough to play on night in, night out. And I just don't know that the Clippers have the toughness to uh, to weather the storm.
0: So, what do we think about sixteen to one that the Clippers miss the playoffs?
2: I would take that before I would take them at six to one to win the title. That's for damn sure. I think those two prices should be pretty close together. Not favorable I, for them to miss the playoffs. It's an I interesting right. number. It's
1: sixteen to one that Kawhi gets an injury. That's basically what you're betting because I there's no way they miss the playoffs. If he plays 80% of the games, I, I mean, agree with that. hundred percent. Paul George can even drag these guys to a bunch of wins. I mean, the Kings are still in this division, right? I mean, you still get games against the thunder, right? I mean, the Pelicans are improved, but they're not there yet. You get to play against the Grizzlies. I mean, this isn't, and then don't even get me started about when the East coast team's coming, you know? So, I mean, they, oh, yeah, they got yeah, easy no, wins fair. on their schedule. Uh, I, I agree with what you're saying though. Um, because the chance of injury is much higher than sixteen to one.
2: Yeah, right, and, I, and not just not just natural injury, but I decided I'm injured.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> Did he do that in San Antonio?
2: Exactly. I'm yeah. basically I'm laying out the exact so, his, his exit strategy from San Antonio. Yeah, um, it worked once.
1: Yeah,
0: right.
2: I think you're right. If they do start in that like one and six scenario that you talked about, one and seven scenario,
0: it's it's could get ugly pretty quick. I mean, oh. I think I talked myself I just can't into it. Just, just I mean, for a little I bit. I still
1: don't think that like the Utahs and the Phoenixes are are on their level yet. So, uh, okay. I know I know uh, they sucked, but let, I mean, let's take out that seven game series or whatever it was against the the Nuggets and and view the the body of work before. Then this is still a, a damn good basketball team.
0: For sure. I mean, there's a bunch of scenarios where they play really well. They're a top two seed. They compete with the Lakers for the number one seed and possibly even win the title. But I think that there's a lot of stuff on the on the negative end that's maybe not being built in. So it's sixteen to one. That's worth that's worth a few dollars.
2: I like it. I I mean this is gonna be a weird season anyway, man. You know, like who's to say that uh yeah, I, 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 overall, the overall handicapping theme you should probably weave into your uh, your NBA besides the Lakers are, should be the clear favorite uh, is look for those big prices and the random stuff uh, yeah. because it's going to be a weird season.
0: Yeah. All right, gentlemen, anything else on the Clippers before we jump into the bubble, darlings? No, let's do it. Do you guys the think I'm beating No. No, I don't. I think it's it's hard to look at his coaching career and see anything that he's done other than be a good manager of personalities. Now maybe that's exactly what this team needs, right? Maybe they don't need a basketball person really. Not that he isn't a smart basketball person. They can't bring in assistance to help him and do all that stuff. He seems to be willing. They've got all the talent in the world, but if, you know, I think it, it, he could definitely lose the farm. I don't think you're being too tough on him, but again, his history is being more of a relationship manager and maybe, that's just what this team needs. Someone who can come in, you know, be tough on everybody equally and kind of present that challenge again. I mean, if anything, this these guys should just be embarrassed by what happened last year. Um, if I'm Tyloo, I'm just hanging like all sorts of stuff that happened last year, like that nugget score or whatever, right before they lose three one, that's up. Like we're framing it. we look at that every single day when we go in and out of like the locker room and stuff. But we'll see what he does. But no, I don't think you'd be in too hard. What do you think, Spread?
1: No, I mean I, it's really hard to tell, right? I mean, he coached LeBron who we all know is hands-on with his leadership of the team and so I mean, you're basically co-coaching at that point. I'm um, supposedly he did a great job, right? Um but still, and I'll go back to this still. Without those injuries and Draymond missing it, they don't have they didn't they don't win the ring that year, so is it overrated? It could be. I think that he's completely like an unknown quantity almost. Um you know, we have a couple things to indicate that he might be good. But I don't think we have anything to say concrete either way, that he's either really good or really bad.
2: I don't know. I mean, the the, quote, the quotes that we had right after they blow that 3-1 lead didn't really suggest that they're embarrassed. What <laughs> was, <Paul> <laughs> was Paul Jordan's quote in the moment? It's like, this really wasn't a make-or-break year anyway. Yeah. We, 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 we were not championship or, or something. I don't okay, put a lot of stake in that. This wasn't championship or bust. Eh, whatever. Who cares? Yeah, whatever. I mean, uh, that was the last thing you got from all those guys. I don't know, man. Maybe. I think Paul
1: George's quotes are so bad, they cast a shadow over all the other <laughs> quotes. And if the other guys really aren't that bad, it's just Paul George is so tone deaf and just says yeah. stuff that's so utterly ridiculous. It makes the whole organization look bad. Yeah. Okay. All
0: right. On to the darlings of the bubble. The recently undefeated Phoenix Suns won eight in a row, took all that momentum into the season, made a big move to acquire Chris Paul, um, sent out Kelly Oubre Jr., sent out Ricky Rubio, chose not to re-sign Aaron Baines, but again, pick up Chris Paul as well as Jay Crowder and Jason Jalen Smith, who's a nice rookie. Um, What do you think, Will? I mean, is this the move to make the Phoenix Suns a serious contender? Have they had a chance to win this division? Are they pushing to win the Western Conference? Um, Or are they just a playoff contender? What do you think?
2: Yeah, 72-0. I think it's in, <laughs> it's, in, it's in range. It's in reach. It's in that's reach. true.
0: If you take that 8 0 and project it out, it is 72 and 0.
2: That's what I get. Yeah. Advantage. I took yeah. When I take their <laughs> bubble numbers and I project them over a full season, I get 72 and oh. Um, perfect. Done. Lock it up. <laughs> in real in reality though, uh the the read on the Suns, you know, different teams dealt with the bubble in different ways. The Suns came together and played at a level that we didn't see all regular season and it wasn't close. Like they were a totally new team. They have so much youth, so much talent. And in the time between the season ending and the bubble starting, those guys put in work and they got better. And the team, when they restarted, got a couple of wins, played with some confidence. And I can entirely see that carrying over into this regular season. I don't think that they will be a make noise in the playoffs team. Uh, But is this a team that shocks you and gets the three seed in the West entirely on the table, in my opinion? Um, I think that you can, you know, that you can um, count on bringing in a guy like Chris Paul uh, to help continued maturation and development of this young of the young talent on this team the fact that Chris Paul is next to Devin Booker and isn't going to have to carry as much of the scoring load and can be more of a floor general and defensive piece is huge I think that helps him keep keep him a little bit healthier throughout this season as well Um, and you know realistically DeAndre Ayton can make another step forward he is a legit big man Um, Jay Crowder deciding to come to this team was fascinating I didn't see that coming but uh, I like that as a you know as a as a perfect power forward piece for them. Um, Mikhail Bridges I thought took a nice step forward last year. Cameron Johnson was surprising. Cameron Johnson and campaign, uh, both uh, you know very um, impactful players in the bubble off off the bench for these guys. So um, I think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of upside here for the uh, Suns. The problem is the. Everybody kind of knows it. This isn't a, you know, a, a super surprise. Their win total at 38 and a half is, um, it's bettable to the over, but it's not as generous as I was hoping we were going to get, to be fair.
0: Yeah, I think you made a lot of good points about the roster. For me, the big improvement in the bubble was Ayton. Was he he had a pretty good season last year, but really raised his level defensively. If he can continue that focus and be a positive on the defensive end of the floor, this team could be really good. I do worry about their depth, though. Once you get out of that starting five, the starting five is great. I mean, you
2: have <laughs> exactly Chris Paul, Devin say.
0: Booker, Michael Bridges, Crowder, and Ayton. Then Cam Payne, Solid, Etwan Moore, Cameron Johnson. <laughs> Dario Saric, who I'm pretty sure can't jump higher than six inches, and uh, Jalen Smith. I got a, a nice rookie there. And take it away, Spread. I mean, why is that such a going to be such a problem night in and night out? in no, again, I mean, regular it's... season, I think they could be good, but playoffs, it's it's one and done at, at best for me.
1: I just started laughing because that was exactly what my point is going to be. Is there a drop off from the starting unit to the second five that's more than this Phoenix Suns team? Right? I mean, like. I mean they're they're really probably. gonna have to mix and match probably here not. and I think ideally they go eight deep. That sucks for a regular season that's gonna be condensed a little less travel, but still this is a lot of games and a lot of days. I'm really worried about this team's depth and just like we when we did Atlanta uh, on our, our previous preview, I'm not taking the over on the team that has all these expectations and the number jumped like a ridiculous amount from last season without me seeing much. Now to be fair, Phoenix has more tangible evidence with that eight no bubble run. But hey, I could probably grab, you know, an eight game stretch from almost any team and this just happened to be the last eight games we've seen, you know, I mean teams go through these stretches and and one eight game run does not mean that they're ready to compete with the big boys in the West. You know, I mean, we talked about Utah and Dallas earlier, you know, as potential uh, opponents for the Clippers. Those are teams that, especially when Phoenix travels, they are going to be underdogs and probably by more than five points. Um, overall, I love what this team did. I, I love the fact that they shot themselves into relevance, especially with a couple teams most likely jumping out of the playoff picture. And that's a, a, a for sure if Harden is traded. But, you know, th- the Thunder have kind of gracefully bowed out. Of the playoffs picture and Phoenix has said, hey, we're here to take your spot with this win now. Um, Chris Paul moved. They got a great starting five If they can keep the games close. They're always going to be able to win every game, but I- I'm not taking the over for this team here. Uh, I'll let them go ahead and prove it. And I think that I'll be taking the other team as a dog against them a lot. I think that we've moved their value up without necessarily um, seeing much besides a Chris Paul addition in a great eight game run.
0: I think it's going to look a lot like Chris Paul's team last year. You're going to have a really nice starting five, a tough bench, regular season. They're going to be really competitive. But once they get into the playoffs, they're going to have a lot of guys on the floor that you don't want on the floor. Like you said, spread. If if injuries spread quickly, um, things could get rough. But I think night in, night out, there actually could be a pretty solid team. I think, like you said, Will, you teed it up perfectly. Chris Paul is just a nice addition next to Booker, can handle things defensively, can bring the ball up, has, I think, no problem at, at this point in his career, giving the ball up and not taking over there. Should be a good veteran in the locker room. You know, Say what you will about the success Chris Paul has, but he knows what it takes to be an all-star and a first all-team, uh, first all-team NBA player, and it's going to teach these guys what to do. Um, I kind of do hope that they get like a three seed or a four seed because I'm just going to be really excited to bet against them in the playoffs. Uh, but night tonight, I think they could be pretty fun. And echo your thoughts, both your thoughts on their value. I mean, that win yeah. total may be over, but probably not. Go ahead, well,
2: uh, yeah. The up, I, I guess I upgrade them from Rubio to Chris Paul. Um, that equates to an extra three wins for me. Just that move alone um
1: and that could even be low.
2: Can, can you add in losing
0: Ubrey because to me the loss of Ubrey is going to is <laughs> the sneaky negative he, he was their best defensive yeah. player by a mile last year i don't know yeah. if you can build that in i mean bridges can take some of those minutes but not all of them
2: yeah bridges emerged so successfully in the bubble that i'm not giving them much of a downgrade for losing Ubrey, but that may be short-sighted um and I actually, you know, you you poo poo campaign and Cameron Johnson. Those were guys, those guys gave you some meaningful minutes. Um, in at least in the restart, Cameron Johnson, uh, he was part of the starting five. I think in almost all of their impressive wins, he was uh, he was there. Um, let me think. The who did they really show out against? Uh, their most impressive win was probably one nineteen one twelve over the Heat. Um, Cam Johnson was. You know, was five of six from the field in that game, plus seven uh, as part of the starting five.
0: Um, I think they yeah. could be good players, but they're not guys that I, that I think I want to have to rely on for a whole season. I think Johnson has more upside than Payne. Payne's been in the league for a little while at this point, so I, I, I'd be surprised if he took, takes a big step forward. I think you're right. Johnson might be a little better than we're giving him credit, but um, I like Jay Crowder
2: too. Jay Crowder serves a very, very important role in terms of his. He's a nice selection. fit. Yeah, yeah.
0: you were, you would get on there
2: um and i don't i i mean i guess I, maybe i'm surprised i actually had a pretty good grade on javon carter uh and i don't even know if he'll i don't know how many minutes he'll get but um he played pretty well uh in the restart as well so he might be sneaky off the bench too but i, I get the the overall concept you guys are bringing up is sound uh their starting five is great and their bench is meh nah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, so not doing anything with the win totals. Their odds to make the playoffs, yes, is minus 300, no, is plus 200. I don't see really any interest in that either way. I can't see myself betting them to win this division, even though that's a great number, like 18 to 1. Let's see, conference, 28 to 1, title, some other huge number. So any action for you guys on any of these preseason markets anyways to attack Phoenix? again, I can't come up with anything myself, but – I, I think if you you it are betting it,
1: you bet the under and you just basically say they're a chris paul injury away from being a, a borderline lottery team and chris paul hasn't been the healthiest guy he's an older guy you know it's almost like the same Kawhi deal um i'm not like i said when you inflate an, an, an over this much chris Paul's good but i mean i'm still i'm not buying into these uh, where the books have moved it with, with it. I think there's so much better spots to try and hit over. So to me, it's under a pass. I'm going to pass, but I think I've told you I'm I'm treading really lightly. I, I, well mentioned it right at our, our kickoff. I've never felt so behind doing my prep. I mean, usually we have so much time, and I have so much stuff to absorb before the season starts. I mean, uh, it's hard to find season previews for some
0: of these teams as we're prepping for these noobs. Yeah. The, I mean, the key is just to eschew football altogether. Just take NFL for oh, like man, five, six impossible. weeks of that, and then just, just, just give up. Just like that's you know, put a teaser in Sunday morning, maybe a prop or two. That's, <laughs> you guys are wasting too much time on football. That's <laughs> real problem. All right. Anything that's... else on the Phoenix Suns uh, before we jump into spreads favorite team? Oh, I can't wait. He's wearing the shirt. He's rocking it. Well, I guess my only complaint is it's not purple. I like all the Sacramento stuff because it makes this purple is the really older, nice. uh,
1: This is the older yeah, that's right. color scheme. When they Cause were cause you guys the running. those are the Buffalo
0: Braves colors, maybe. Yeah, this is from the, the really irrelevant. Yeah, the Buffalo Braves Kings with the Clippers. History. Anyway, yeah. Spread. We're gonna start with you. The Sacramento Kings basically have the same team they had last year. Um, they lose Bogdan Bogdanovich and Tyrese Halliburton in the draft, add uh, Hassan Whiteside but you could kind of go either way on that. And uh, the rest is pretty much the same. Maybe Marvin Bagley will finally be healthy and play more than a few games in a row. De'Aaron Vox should be a lot of fun. Um, but what do you think, Spread? I mean, how much money are you going to be wagering on the Kings to win the title this year? I uh, Yeah.
1: <laughs> great great question. Uh, I'll, I'll let you know if, if I even do a, a cent here. Um, so overall with this team, I, don't, I think that basically Monty McNair knows that he's walked into a a minefield, and fortunately he doesn't need to get out right away. Um, You look at the West this year, how stacked the rest of their their division is, um, they don't stand a chance. Not to mention, we have the best draft class, I'd say, what, the last five years? I mean, I've I've read scouts that said the top ten this year, there's ten players that would have been ranked number one. In this year's draft. That's how much stronger oh, it is. So there they don't even need to be, you know, one or two. I mean, even top five, you should you could get a franchise changing player here, right? So I think that's the idea. So when we're watching the Kings this year, and this is more fun for you guys that are fans, fans of teams that are contenders, right? Look at how some of these guys might fit on your team. I think by the end of the year, Rashawn Holmes <laughs> could be gone. I think Harrison Barnes could be gone. I think Be could this. be gone. You know, um it maybe even what a nice Daniel, soft sales pitch. I I mean, that's just what they're doing. Any GM listening right now is loving this. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, start looking, right? And and, uh, I I don't think there's a lot of continuity on the way this team is built, which is why I think it'll be blown up. And my idea is, like, look at when they go to the bench, right? They go from De'Aaron Fox to Corey Joseph, right? You go from, like, the fastest guy in the league to, like, a slow, plodding guy, right? Same thing when you bring Bagley in for Bialika, right? Completely different players. They go from this super fast-paced team. When they go to the bench, they're, like, this old, plodding, like – you know, Dick Motta, old New York Knicks-style team that's going to play half-court basketball. It's just not built properly. Um, they're in the toughest division in the NBA. Uh, I just don't really see a lot of hope. I think Fox is going to give you a lot of highlights. I think they're going to stick in. I think they're going to cover some spread. I think Hallisburton was a steal at 12, and in the end of the day will be a, a productive, maybe like even an Otto Porter Jr. style player. Obviously, he's not a game-changer, though. Um, so I, I do like the moves they make, and I think we talked about in our chat. The, the prices some of these players were going for, you're better off not signing anyone this offseason. So the only one I didn't really like was Hassan Whiteside. I wish they would have really gone full hinky and just given us all G League players and maybe someone turns out to be all Robert <laughs> Carrington, you know, and um, just know. emerges. But, but other than that, you know, cause it's funny how Hassan Whiteside had the quote. He said, I don't know why everyone like says I'm a bad teammate. Like I don't know where this is coming from, and it's like maybe your teammates, maybe that's where it's coming from. So uh that was the only sign I didn't like. Attack. But I expect this team to be selling off by the All Star break, and, and maybe uh some of these guys could be on on your favorite team by the All Star break.
0: Well, I love that you're setting up the tank because <laughs> it's not it's you know it's we agree more than we don't. This is one time where we definitely agree. Well, do you have anything nice to say about the Kings? Are you jumping on board on the Kings' fade and? Um, getting getting your spot on the tank.
2: You know what? They're going to be a great first quarter team to back. I like that. For those of you who play first quarters, I think the Kings are going to be your darlings this year. They are. The, the, the prices on some of that is going to be goofy. I
0: feel bad for De'Aaron Fox because, like, again, in an NBA 2K way, like, if I look at this, like, all right, I've got De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heald can shoot, Harrison Barnes isn't like the worst shooter in the world. You just dump Bagley for anybody who can shoot a three. Put some shooters out there. Let Rashawn Holmes run pick-and-roll dunks and just let De'Aaron Fox sprint up and down the floor until everybody's so tired they throw up. I mean, worst case, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch, but I don't have any faith that they're going to do this. I mean, if, if that's your idea, you don't, you're you not adding Hassan Whiteside. That's that's not part of that plan. So
2: <laughs> I didn't get that one at all either. And uh, I guess overall, I agree with spread. Set yourself up for that franchise-changing player, the Luka Doncic type. Uh, that could really change the fortune of your whole franchise. <laughs> that would be nice. You
1: just stop the pod right there. We're not that was smooth. Matt.
0: That was smooth. I'm surprised <laughs> you didn't walk off. That's the only thing that ever gets him like a <laughs> if little – he was holding the clear. mic, he
1: could have dropped it. Wow.
0: You can't get spread angry, but that's about as close. That's about as close, <laughs> as, close as you can get. All right. So the markets here are, are pretty tough. I mean, to miss the playoffs – them, let me see you know minus 850 um probably a good parlay piece if you're both lucky you to do that um the win total under i've actually already played this under i believe i played under the win percentage 40 and a half percent if you have a win total it looks like it's 28 and a half 28 anywhere i like under 28 i like under 28 and a half again prefer the win percentages me Talked about this a little bit on the last broadcast. You know, well, I'll see if you have any thoughts to add. But you know, our general feeling is if you have a chance to bet a win percentage, it's probably a lot safer in the long term. You don't have to worry necessarily about what happens from a grading perspective or anything like that versus win totals. It's going to be tough if they start changing the season around and you've betted a book that isn't necessarily reputable. Um, you know, What do you think? Are you leaning percentages when you can?
2: Uh, without question. So yeah. what do we I think of yeah. that number Yeah, think about the baseball season, Mm -hmm. and that happened during the summer, and they were playing (laughs) outside, right? Like this is gonna be, it's gonna be crazy. And uh, if you can bet a win percentage, I would do that uh, ten times out of ten over a win total. All right. So again, we've got forty and a half percent for the Kings. Is the percentage
0: the total itself? What was the what what was the percentage
2: again? It's got that's high. That's that's high.
0: Man, let me just double check maybe i got the wrong yeah. one yeah, here i have 40.5 but... or 28 wins should be closer to 39 ish yeah 28 wins it was a 39 and a half percent win percentage so let me try to pull that up quickly here but what do you guys think that is just that total the number 28 or 28 and a half i would lean under,
1: under yeah because like i said i think the sell-off happens uh, you know, I think that they get some of these players and we're going to see some, um, Ramsey minutes, some Jabari Parker minutes, some GR three minutes. Um, I, it's uh, rolling back right? the clock, Justin James, you know I mean? Like, I think that it's going to kind of look like a uh, Philly yeah. towards the end of that year with the Aaron Fox out there playing the Drew holiday role of the one like solid NBA star surrounded by four G leaguers.
0: So looking again, I've got DraftKings pulled up here. Let me just make sure. The win percentage total for the Sacramento Kings is indeed 40.5%. So not only do you get the safety of the percent, you get a little value in terms of the correlation. That's more like 29 wins. So if you're lucky enough to have DraftKings, um, an account at Unibet that you can actually bet into, Bet Rivers, I think FoxBet has the same numbers, any of those, take a look, take a look around. Uh, but 40.5% under, I like that. Yeah, I've I mean, I hate to be rude, rude it but if like Fox gets join COVID, it.
1: If Fox gets COVID, that's like a sure thing. If he yeah. gets COVID and he's forced to miss between five to ten games, it's a sure thing. Right?
0: I wish they had alt totals and things like that because yeah, this I would know, be a good huh? kind of like alt under team.
1: And, yeah. and for Kings fans, it would be great. I want to be in the top three, dude. I've been watching because this is the first time NBA and college basketball don't overlap. I've been watching some of these young guys. Let's get these guys into the league. Like I think some of these guys could change the team.
2: They have, All right, a- gentlemen. Any other thoughts on? They have a really tough schedule. Oh, really? So. The first quarter of their schedule is very, very tough. They got two games against Denver, two against Phoenix, two against uh, Portland, two against the LA Clippers, all before we even get to February, two against Memphis. Um, it's going to be New easy Orleans. to sell to
1: the fan base, sell everyone off. I mean, I don't think there's even going to be an uproar when Harrison <coughs> gets shipped. I only out. have
2: them within five points. One, two, three, four times before February.
1: <laughs> Unbelievable.
2: It's kind of crazy. So good. Yeah.
0: That's, that's, no. that's not good.
2: I we like it, spread
0: We're setting it up. Team. Get the tank ready. Get your helmet. Kate, can I? I'm going to send, send you a cow. little purple toy tank for Christmas. Yeah. Or just a little Sacramento tank. Head. We'll get you a helmet. <laughs> Give me a hinky bobblehead and I'll put it in the middle of my. Tank. He's out there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> He's out there somewhere. You know, somebody should hire him. All right, gentlemen, any other thoughts on Sacramento before we jump into the last team the Pacific Division, the Warriors of Golden State?
1: Let's do it. Golden State time. A tough. State.
0: As, about as tough a month as, as, as anybody's had in terms of expectations. Um, excited to come back for the year. was going to be the reunion of Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and Klay Thompson. Everybody healthy going back to old-school Warriors basketball. They have a number two pick. There's all sorts of whispers of them trading it for anywhere from Giannis Attentacupo to Victor Oladipo to anybody. I mean, it was just all sorts of fun things and they're having a scrimmage or a practice or whatever it was. And Mr. Thompson, unfortunately, tears his Achilles, will not be playing for this year. And the Warriors are a little back to the drawing board. Take Wiseman with the number two pick, are able to acquire Kelly Oubre Jr. Are able to acquire Kent Bazemore. To add on top of Andrew Wiggins from last year, again, as well as Draymond and Steph Curry. So, you know, your starting lineup, Curry, Wiggins, Zubre, Jr., Draymond, Green, Wiseman. Kind of an interesting group of players there. What are you seeing in Golden State this year, Brad? What are your expectations?
1: And you left out key addition Brad Wanamaker, right? Uh, you Ooh. know, how hey, Brad. Celtic, yeah, Celtics fans should love that. No, but overall, like, I'm, is this is so disappointing. I really thought this team could challenge uh, uh, the Lakers. Uh, for the Western Conference title with Clay Thompson. I was so excited for this lineup and I think that he was kind of underrated and now that he's gone, like I think that like their ceiling is maybe like a four or five seed. Like it'll be cool. Steph can go off. It's gonna be great to watch. Um, they should be a lot of fun. I think their defense can be pretty much passable because you got Wiggins, Oubre, and and Green in there. Let's see how Wiseman um, unfolds, although I don't think that we'll see a lot of him right off the bat. I think that they'll definitely be uh, playing him into his role, so we might see Looney if he's healthy um, to start the season, or maybe even Marquise Chris at center, which would be funny. Um, But overall, I mean, I, I think that, gosh, they were just so close, and now I just don't really know how to do that. I think they even that that minnesota pick that they're rumored to be dangling i think that they, they're going to go ahead and use it we got a stacked draft and they're going to do with what they can and then they start to bring in the next generation so i think this is as weird as it sounds and it's tough to, to punt on a guy in his prime like steph it's a transition year because unless like harden or someone becomes available that actually give them a championship chance i don't think they go for it and other than that i think that they're basically a they're in there with the utahs the dallas's the Phoenixes. um I I personally think Portland's a little better, but, um, you know, right around that range, but not at the contender range, you know, at the upset somebody like the Nuggets did, you know, uh, maybe make the Western Conference Finals, but for the most part, they're going to be a very tough team at home. They're going to probably cover some spreads on the road, um, but they don't really have real championship expectations.
0: It's going to be tough given the roster. This might be another team where um, they're solid as long as everybody stays healthy. But once the injuries start to pick up, things drop off pretty quickly. What are you seeing here for the Warriors? Where what are your expectations?
2: Yeah, I'm uh, uh, in solid agreement. I think I have their ceiling a little lower than spread. I would say that's. But I'm kind of thinking more along the lines of what happens when they get to the playoffs. Like Steph Curry is going to have to carry such an enormous Of the offense like he's going to Carry so much of the load That's going to wear him down his Possibility of getting an injury at some point This season is high Um, I don't you know obviously he only played What two games last year before he got hurt So he should be relatively fresh Maybe he can do it for a couple months Where he can carry the load Um, I guess Draymond Green and Wiseman Got their COVID out of the way Early so they'll be available uh, Throughout the season Um, But I worry about Steph's health. I worry about his ability to be the main uh, offensive um, driver for the only real offensive driver for this team for so much of the season. And if he gets dinged up, if he gets you know a twisted ankle, sprained knee, um, I would agree with Spread that this is a transition year. We're not going to go all out and you know rush him back out there. Like let's give him some extra time off, keep him healthy for next year. Um, I don't think you can really risk it, and the loss of Clay Thompson is sucks for us as NBA fans because the Golden State Warriors, when those guys are out there, are so fun to watch. A bunch of great national television games got you know get snatched away from us, which stinks. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see what they have in Wiseman. I'm excited to see uh, you know how they compete against teams like the Lakers because of the way they're rostered. Um, there'll be a fun, there'll be a fun team to back against the best of, you know, when you're getting points and, uh, you just need, uh, a vintage Steph Curry performance to get the cover. That'll be a fun time to back the Warriors.
0: Hey, you start to look at the roster. They're really gonna have to rely on Andrew Wiggins and the, um, the history of teams relying on Andrew Wiggins. is not great. Um, it is, it's a really tough spot after Curry. There's not another big offensive player here. I think Wiseman, once he gets settled in, will have a lot of pick and roll opportunities, but you know, that's is that going to be 10 points a game? I mean, maybe that many. Um, it's Wiggins, and he's really going to have an opportunity to shoot a lot, and he's going to need to score a lot of points. Um, I agree. I, I think that there are more negatives and there are positives here as you start to look at some of the snares for the season. So, what do you guys think of plus 150? The Warriors miss the playoffs,
1: man. I kind of was like hoping it. for a little better price. I mean, basically, you don't need like it. an emergence from a Minnesota for the Thunder not to sell anyone, everyone off because I actually think that their roster is better than people think. I think a lot of people reasons are so down on them is they expect all those people to be out of there. It's going to be a lot like our uh, conversation then. Yeah. You know, so um, yeah, there's chances for other teams to sneak in there. And we talked about it before. Steph bangs a hand, Steph bangs an ankle. I mean, you're in there for sure.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah when you start to look at, I mean, we've got the Lakers, the Clippers, the Nuggets, the Jazz, the Mavericks, the Trailblazers is six. So that's your top six. Maybe it, it's in a little different order. Maybe somebody else sneaks in there, but I feel pretty comfortable those six teams are in. And that leaves two spots for Memphis, Phoenix, New Orleans, Golden State, and maybe Minnesota, probably yeah. is, is the group there. Probably oh, the a- Minnesota kind of like in that spot. mix, huh? Hmm. Well, I'm, I'm not going to go trash them
1: once it comes, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I, think, I think there's
0: a chance they, they put things together, score a ton of points every game, go full Donnie Nelson, like 150, 160 a night, give up yeah. 140, and like somehow sneak out like an eight or nine seed or something and get blasted in the playoff plans or whatever. But um, it's tough. I mean, Warriors have tough sledding. I mean, they're not, I think, get into that top six that I named, and there's only two spots left with a
2: bunch of other contenders. I, well, I think, think there is value on over. that. I think there is value oh, on that plus one fifty. <laughs> my numbers look around. It's a plus one fifty six somewhere else. I didn't run out my numbers uh, to the to the tune mm-hmm. of. I have a good price for you on that, but I can just tell you, looking at where I'm, yeah, where I have them win total wise, stacked up against all those teams you mentioned, um, they're gonna that that's gonna be closer to fifty fifty than sixty forty. That's for damn sure. Um and like Spread mentioned, that doesn't even include the rare event of Steph missing him a, a couple months of the season.
1: So quick question for you guys, because I think this is kind of crucial to the handicap. Draymond Green, right? So he's great from twenty fifteen to twenty seventeen. He didn't look very good last year, you know, kind of struggled in that in that final year. is he ever going to be that guy again or was this just a flash in the pan greatness and now he goes back to just being the role player that he is because i'll tell you right now i'm leaning towards we're not ever going to see that guy again um the the things for it is he's only 30 years old so the idea that he's completely worn down or out of his physical prime or not capable of doing it it, it, that's not valid did he ever have a physical problem i mean (laughs) He was pretty awesome, right? And he was a great player. I'm just when he was was, covering guards and then covering centers the very next play, and you know, um.
0: I think he's a player that needs good players to be around him. What he does is pointless if there's not other talent around him. He's a great defensive player. He's a great passer. He's not a fantastic scorer. He can generate opportunities, but not really score. He's such. Such like the perfect key, if you will, to that Warriors team. I mean, everything that they had, he fit in so nicely. So unless he finds another situation like that, which he probably won't. And at his age, yeah. he probably doesn't care at this point. He'll wind down being the Warriors player. But I think he's still going to be one of the better defensive players in the league. He's still going to lead defensive numbers when it comes to stats around the rim and success of other teams. I think he's still a nice player, but just not with this team. They, got, you know, they just don't have the firepower
2: yeah, to take advantage of what he can, can do. do. I would guess you still get two more solid seasons out of Draymond Green before his performance level really dips, um, and you know at that time, who knows if he's even a warrior.
1: Oh, he's gonna he's gonna fall off a cliff when he does. But like you said, at age 30 to get to 32 and still be effective is likely. But almost like Noob says, when you're unless you're in that perfect situation, what does he really provide for your team, right? Like he goes to the Cavaliers, he adds what, maybe one win? I mean, the guy's- What's not, the difference like, between him and Tristan Thompson? On the yeah, cap? like he's not raising the level. He's only fit into that system perfectly. So I'm wondering without that system, you know, Cause if he's not, you know, if he's not there and he's not the guy that they were, this team is really going to struggle. Like you said, you're going to need forty something a night from Steph to stay into it, you know, and you're going to need Uber and Wiggins to, to become, you know, dueling candidates for Defensive Player of the Year for this team to have a chance. So uh, I'm, it sucks because if Clay didn't get hurt, I would be ready to sit here and bang the drum that we should be having Warriors championships in our pocket. And now I've gone from like, well, it's going to be a good draft next year, and that Minnesota pick is probably going to be pretty good.
0: Well, on the other side of the wall that I'm looking at is a drawer that is a bunch of Warriors 10 to 1 championship tickets from <laughs> months ago, months before Clay Thompson got hurt. So if you want spread, I'll mail you one of those. You can have one of those for Christmas. I'll send you Cool. On. Yeah.
2: I need some fire. Make a nice on. coaster.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is. good. nice to put in there. All right, gentlemen. Any other thoughts here on the Warriors before we wrap the Pacific division?
2: Did you, bre- did you bet any uh, Wiggins most improved?
0: I did. Oh. I um, found oh. some of him at most improved at 100 to 1. It's one of those bets. Okay, it's, it's a yeah. lottery ticket, a complete flyer, <laughs> but it's a. The opportunity's there. Again, Dude, Steph Curry's going to take all bad, the attention. Right. It. right it's. He's got he's gonna have every opportunity if he's as talented as he's was always said he's gonna be. He should score twenty to twenty five points a night easily on this team. Everyone's gonna talk about all. All he needed was to get out of Minnesota. You know, it's not a great organization. Now he's with a winner like Golden State. We're reading all these stupid articles about how Draymond Green yelled at him, and now he's better or whatever and shit. But I, you know, whatever. It, the opportunity's there. So at hundred to one, heck, even fifty to one, if it's dropped at all, that's worth a sprinkle. Did you i guys mean if see brandon, yeah. have you seen the
1: pictures he looks like he just spent the off season with vince mcmahon nice guy is huge now nice. wait you see i couldn't even believe it i thought it was photoshop love off season poundage
2: yeah i mean if uh if brandon ingram can win most improved then why not Wiggins? <laughs> you know love
1: it. that's too sharp <laughs> it's,
2: it's a reclamation award baby
1: you came you brought your a-game today will I, I, those are just daggers
0: that's good. He's been reading this stuff on Ace NBA previews, folks. you can check out the write-up on that most improved award. So I think that's everything we've got for the Pacific division. Just to wrap up our thoughts in general, we think the Lakers are and deserve to be clear favorites to win the title. Maybe a little value on their number. If you could find a stale plus 300 or something in that range around, our plan is to wait, hope that they start a little slow, and maybe we can get a better number. The Clippers, we think that could go one of any ways. Um, if you're interested in betting them to win the championship, wait. The better number is almost certainly coming down the road because they have a tough start to their year. We are betting them to miss the playoffs at 16-1. to Again, it's a really big number, just a little sprinkle there. Um, The Phoenix Suns, we expect them to be a very good regular season team. Uh, Watch out for their injuries every night, but that should be a fun team to back night in and night out as long as they're healthy. The Sacramento Kings are beginning a fire sale. Spread is ready. Let them know if you're interested in acquiring NBA players. They got little guys. They got <laughs> big guys. They got skinny guys. They got white guys. Whatever you need, they got it and they are ready to sell it to you. The fire sale is on, ladies and gentlemen. So get your under tickets for the Sacramento Kings and the Golden State Warriors who like them to miss the playoffs at plus 150. It's a team that I think is going to change a lot tonight. To night. And actually, you know what? The other thing that I didn't mention on them was. What do you guys think about them from a night-to-night angle from an under-perspective? I think that this team is going to want to play a slower style than we used to. Again, there's not a lot of scoring from them, but I see a lot of defensive potential. I mean, oh, yeah. Wiggins is, has talent on that end. You have Draymond, you have Wiseman, Oubre. Curry, for as tiny as he is, actually isn't terrible on that end of the floor or as bad as maybe people think he is. Um, so from night-to-night, night, especially earlier in the season, I'm hoping that um, the market will be a little slow to react and look at that Golden State name and have totals that are a little too high. Any thoughts from you guys on that?
2: That's yeah. a fair call. I, I And I guess it kind of, I think there's going to be a macro total thesis that's right or wrong. As we start the season, like what to expect with no fans and with the random start to the season in the end of December and the short, some, some teams, some players haven't played since March. Some were playing in October. Like there's, There's probably a macro thesis for totals that somebody's going to just absolutely rake for two weeks. And I haven't figured it out yet. I'm working hard on that. Do you guys have any thoughts?
1: Yeah, so for the Warriors, what I would do is I would look to see how many minutes a night Wiseman's getting because I don't think Kerr's going to play him if he's a liability on the defensive end. So if he's getting 15 to 20 a night, that <laughs> means that he's doing well on the defensive end, and this team has the potential to be very good defensively. If he's not, that means that he's not keeping up with the guys in practice or he's just getting played off the floor, and then you know, you're know you going to have the same problems you've always had. Looney's not reliable, and you can't play Draymond at the 5 for more than 15 minutes a time. So I yeah, think that, that Wiseman's minutes might be a good indicator on whether or not we should be playing
0: these enders. I'm going to be looking at pace, too. I'm curious to see how those numbers change year over year. I think and I'm not even just going to compare to last year, but compared to previous years, you know, when the Warriors were a little more healthy. But I think that pace number is going to dip down. Um, and It's going to be more of a pace thing, almost than efficiency, really. Um, so I'm going to be looking for that. But That's a great point spread. I mean, if Wiseman plays more, I think you're going to have more unders for sure. All right, gentlemen, I think that's just about everything. Um, Whale, thank you for joining us. You can find him on Twitter at underscore – I'm sorry, Whale underscore Capra. That is the hub for all the incredible work he's doing. You know him from the Deep Dive podcast presented by BetsBirds. He's doing some great work for Roto World, a.k.a. NBC's Bets or NBC Sports. We're still trying to figure out the name there. He's doing the Matchbook show. Uh, We had the live Deep Dive on YouTube, I think, for the first or second time. Did I miss anything, Drew?
1: VEASAN. He does VEASAN.
0: VEASAN, yeah.
2: Weekly hits on Decent, right for porn spread weekly. It's getting out of control, guys. <laughs> I need to rate it in. It's
0: good to be busy. The NBA is almost back. Well, thank you for joining us, Well, We really appreciate it. Thank you for everybody that watched or listened. Of course, this will be out as a podcast pretty shortly thereafter. We'd appreciate a rating or review wherever you're listening. You can reach both of us on Twitter, myself and underscore noobs, Spread it. Spread a We'd love to talk about NBA. We'll be back in maybe another couple of days for another show. We'll see. We might have to give spread a break. He needs a vacation. <laughs> All
1: right. Well, on that note, thanks for joining us, Will. And to everybody watching, good luck in all your